On today's Triangle Sports Take, we have a college basketball preview as that's about to start, and we're also going to continue talking about college football as uh, that season starts to get closer to the end. We've got some important games that have happened, important games coming up. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, i got Cody and Mitchell on the phone with me. I'm in studio. I'm uh, going to start with college football, so I guess I'll, uh, I'll give a quick update on the Tar Heels. I uh, can't remember exactly how many games they played last time we talked, but they've had some uh, some big wins since the last time uh, we've had an episode. Had a close win at Miami. Had a last-second win at Duke uh, with a Drake May to Antoine Green uh, touchdown pass in the final seconds. And then just the other day had a, a really dominant second-half performance in a victory over Pittsburgh. So as we're recording this, we're actually recording this on Halloween, October 31st. Uh, Carolina is sitting at 7-1. and one. They haven't lost a conference game. I think they're either 3-0, and 4-0 in conference, something like that. Uh, so honestly, I'm pleasantly surprised. I did not think we would be 7-1 and one after eight games. I didn't think we'd be uh, this far ahead in the Coastal at this point in the season. So I, I have nothing but good things to say about the, uh, about the heels. You know, the only, I guess, drawback would be the defense – Still isn't great, but it's been good enough to win games. Uh, also want to say Drake May needs to be in the Heisman conversation. I know some people were kind of rolling their eyes saying that, you know, I'm just saying that because I'm a Carolina fan. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, I, I think he's tied for the most touchdowns in college football. I think he has something like 32 touchdowns to three interceptions. And, uh, I mean, he's just been tearing it up. Uh, I know he doesn't play like, SEC competition like someone like Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker would but uh, not saying he should win the Heisman I'm just saying I think he should start being in that conversation he's, he's really done that good um, as a redshirt freshman this year I've been really impressed by him but like I mentioned Carolina's out out in front in the coastal I think they would really really have to screw up this last month to not win the coastal and make it to the ACC championship you know they don't have it officially locked up but you know if they win three of their last four they're definitely going even if they go two and two in these last four they still might win the coastal so uh sitting in a great great position now we just gotta continue playing how we're playing and uh, then we should be in the acc championship game if we can do that which uh you know that would be really cool um but that's uh that's really the update i've got as far as carolina football goes we're in the top 25 honestly doing better than i thought we would i think uh all those good recruits Mac Brown got a couple years ago that's starting to show a little bit this year with some of the, the uh, younger guys stepping up. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the update I've got. Uh, Cody, how about you go ahead and uh, give us an update on NC State. I know since last time we talked, Devin Leary has been out for the season, but State's still gotten a couple big wins. So uh, give us give us some thoughts on them. Uh, yeah, um, obviously lost to Clemson. And, you know, I, I hate Leary is out for the year, but, man, just watching the Clemson game, you know, I don't think Clemson is that much better a team than NC State is. Um, but watching that game, the play calling was, in my opinion, absolutely awful. And then Leary just couldn't complete a pass downfield. I mean, missing wide open receivers. So... Um, and that was supposed to be what he was touted as, was a really good downfield passer. And even when he's been healthy, that just hasn't been the case this year. Um, so heartbreaking loss at Clemson kind of, you know, took a little of the 
air out of the NC State balloon for the year. Then obviously in the next game against Florida State, Leary went down with a season-ending injury. Um, hated that. You know, he came into the year and NC State was kind of touting him as a potential uh, black horse Heisman candidate. And that really didn't pan out at all. I'm not sure whether that's more coaching or more he just didn't pan out this year. But overall disappointment on the offensive side of the ball all year, in my opinion. But now we are dreadful. Um, We've squeaked out that win at Florida State. Um, I was actually at that game with my wife, Cassidy, and my dad. Um, We had really good seats. It was a fun atmosphere for that game. So ended up squeaking that one out. And just squeaked out a win um, against Virginia Tech. So, we'll see. I mean, I could see us maybe winning one, two more games this year. But, um, you know, offense just seems lost. And the defense is getting way overworked. Um, They can't keep us in games forever. So, we'll see what happens. So, whenever... um it seems like whenever I look on Twitter, at NC State Twitter during a football game, I see a lot of people saying, fire Tim Beck, who I think is the offensive coordinator. Are you uh, of the same mindset that that needs to happen? He should have been gone after the Clemson game. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched the Clemson game. The play calling was, I mean, absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I, I watched some of it, and yeah, I agree. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean... It, Clemson was not that much better team than us. Our defense held us in it, but the play calling was so bad. It didn't even give our team a chance to win. So bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitchell, you uh, got any updates on Duke football? I know they're having a least better year than they have had the last two or three years. Um, yeah, Duke football has been surprisingly decent this year. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not an amazing team, but it's definitely a turn in the right direction from the past couple of years with Cutcliffe. Um, pleasant surprise to get a uh, win last week against Miami and a solid win at that. Won by about, what, 25 points or so. Um, offense was definitely cooking. So, But yeah, it's been pretty optimistic for the most part and I was just taking a look at the rest of the schedule. Um, they're currently sitting at 5-3 and three, and out of the last four teams left to play, I think they have a realistic, if not favorable, shot to win three out of four of those. Probably won't win against Lake Forest, but uh, they've got some other competition. I think it was seeing, uh, yeah, like Boston College, Virginia Tech, and Pitt. Those are all definitely winnable games, if not games where they'll be favored to win. So they finished the season with eight and four. That's not bad, in my opinion, for a first coach, first-year coach. Um, but they definitely need to get better defense and that kind of thing, but that'll come with time. It takes a while to build a program, so I think they're definitely headed in the right direction, and I'm excited to hopefully see them at least get to a bowl this year and um, do something in the postseason. Yeah, just one win away from a bowl, and you have to do and get eight wins. I think it'll be a lot better than anyone expected. Um, any anything else we want to touch on college football wise before we move on to our uh, basketball preview? No, um, I, I, I do have to. I do have to agree with you, Carson, on the statement you said about um, May being a Heisman contender. Um, I definitely agree that he should be in the conversation. I mean, based off his stats, I was seeing some stats 
after the game, he's right up there with the top three in college basketball as far as QBs are concerned. Um, and like you said, the competition in the conference may be a little different, but he's still putting up the numbers that those guys are putting up. So I agree that I think he should be up there in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cody, did you have something you were saying? Yeah, I was curious what you guys' uh, early pick for national champion is. Uh, so, if I absolutely had to pick, I'd probably lean towards Georgia. Um, I know there's a big game coming up this weekend between Georgia and Tennessee. That's number one and number two. And, I mean, you still can't leave out Alabama or Ohio State. But I, I'd probably say Georgia. I feel like it's just a tiny bit better than anyone else. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if Georgia's offense is consistent enough to to get there again. Um, I'd like to see him there again, as opposed to some of the other teams in the conversations, specifically like Bama, because we always see them in it. Um, if I had to guess what teams I think will be playing for the title, I think it will probably be Georgia, Ohio State, and uh, those two teams. Uh, I'll give that to Georgia. I'll agree, Cody. Right, Carson. Yeah, I'm kind of with y'all. Georgia seems like a favorite, favorite, but they've struggled in a couple games. Like Mitchell said, is their offense consistent enough? I'm going to go, you know, I think either Tennessee or Ohio State will end up pulling it out. I'm rooting hard against Ohio State, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Tennessee. I'd like to see Tennessee get it. I think that would be pretty cool. How long has it been since they won the title? I think it was like the late nineties, I think. And yeah, as far as Tennessee, like I mean they beat once they beat Alabama, I think everyone realized they were for real. Um and I they could win it all. I think it's just the fact that they're Tennessee, just I feel like I I don't want to pick them just because they're Tennessee and they always seem to like either not be good or blow it, but they definitely could win it all. It wouldn't be super shocking if they did. Did they win it all with Peyton Manning? It was either with Peyton Manning or I want to say maybe it was like the year after he left or something. But it was definitely around the late 90s is the last time they won it all, which he was playing for them around then. I gotcha. Yeesh. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, transition to our college basketball preview. But before we do that, I do have a uh, quick questions with Carson. Uh, maybe maybe a couple questions with Carson. One, one from me, one from, uh, one from the fans. Uh, but my question is, since we are recording this on Halloween, it's a pretty simple, pretty quick question. It's just, what is your favorite candy to get on Halloween, or what was it when you were a kid? What was your favorite candy to get? And I'll start off by answering my own question. Uh, for me, it's uh, definitely a Kit Kat. That was my favorite as a kid, still my favorite today. Uh, just the uh, combination between the chocolate, between the wafer, the crispness, uh, everything about it, I got to say, uh, Kit Kat is definitely number one for me. Uh, Cody, what about you? Mm. It's got to be either caramel creams or uh, M&M's, one of those two. I don't think I've ever had caramel creams. What are is that like a candy bar? What is that? No, it's these little candies. It's kind of a caramel outside with a little cream center, and they are oh. quite built. Okay, yeah, oh, I know, yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. Good. Yeah, those are good. Those, those are, are good. Tasty. Mitchell, what about you? Um, so I, I definitely have to say, first of all, anywhere that has the whole candy bars as a kid, that gets you hyped. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I would have to go with the Snickers for sure. Uh, the, the peanuts, the, 
little bit of gains inside the bar, you know, caramels, <laughs> for the chocolate on top, really just the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't be a Mitchell answer without uh, pointing out the gains in the candy bar. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that's my question. I do have a question from the fans. Uh, you know, this is definitely the fans asking Cody, saying, when are you going to bring questions with, or uh, quotes with Cody back? People are wondering. I think uh, next podcast I'll have a good quote cooking. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll have to hold you to that. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, kind of get going with college basketball here. Um, I, I guess I'll start off. So uh, as far as kind of giving a preview on Carolina, I mean, we, we saw what happened last year where the majority of the year was kind of rough with it being Hubert Davis's first year, but the, the last month of the season, they really turned it on. That last month was really some of the most fun I've had as a fan. You know, it was up there with some of the other runs I've seen with uh, – you know, beating Duke in the Cameron Indoor, uh, then beating Baylor in the NCAA tournament in overtime, beating UCLA in the Sweet 16. Uh, first ever Final Four matchup between Carolina and Duke, winning that one. And unfortunately coming up a little bit short in the national title game, but, you know, it was uh, still a super fun season. Uh, just a lot of uh, crazy last month of the season, I guess. And they're bringing back uh, four of the five starters from that team that made it to the national championship. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of expectation uh, anytime that happens. Uh, the only starter they're losing is Brady Manick, which that is going to be a big loss because he was uh, you know, a really good player, especially that last month when we went on that run. Uh, so we're going to have to you know, hopefully have some people step up, especially with three-point shooting since he made a lot of three-pointers for us. But um, I'll kind of go through it, uh, a few of the key players real quick, and then turn it over to you guys. But I'm uh, going to start off with, with Leaky Black. Yes, believe it or not, Leaky Black is still at Carolina. Um, and I just want to start off by playing a quick game of putting things into perspective of how long Leaky Black has been at Carolina. His first season there was the 2018-2019 season. And, and Mitchell, this will maybe put things in perspective for you. That was the same season that Zion Williamson was a freshman. So Leakey is literally the, the same class, came in at the same time that Zion did. And he's been in the NBA, what, three, four years now? And Leakey's still at Carolina. Uh, still, That's crazy. Still playing for the Heels. Yeah, that, that is really crazy. Um, also have to think about the fact that uh, uh, when Leakey was there, we, the three of us were all still in college. We were seniors in college then. And, we, uh, you know, we've been graduated now for a few years. Uh, he was also there at the same time like Luke May, Kenny Williams, Cam Johnson, and that class were there. It seems like it's been a few years since they've been there, but that was his freshman year. Leaky Black's still there. Um, and then another thing to kind of put in perspective is uh, when Leaky started at Carolina, COVID wasn't even a thing. Like, no, that wasn't a thing. It hadn't started. Nobody knew what it was, and now we're you know, two and a half years into COVID, Leaky Black is still there at Carolina, still playing. So uh, he's got his fifth year. Who knows? Maybe this will be his last year. Maybe he'll uh, finally move on somewhere else after this. But it's just kind of crazy to think that he's still there and just to think of every everything he's been through since he's been there and everything that's changed since he's been there, like in the basketball world and the real world. But, um, yeah, we uh, he'll, he'll be starting. He was started last year and – for the majority of his career, I didn't really, I wasn't really a huge fan of Leakey, but the last like two months of last season, I really became a big fan of him just because of the way he plays defense. You know, he doesn't really score a whole lot, but we really didn't need him to score a bunch. Uh, just the way he plays defense on whoever is the best player on the other team was a game changer last year and was a, 
a huge reason why Carolina was able to make it to the Final Four. Um, then, of course, uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, two starting guards from last year, they're going to be back. Uh, expecting a lot out of them. They both had pretty good seasons. Uh, Caleb Love definitely made some clutch shots in uh, the NCAA tournament. He had some clutch ones against UCLA and um, against Duke. So uh, looking forward to seeing how he plays. Uh, and, of course, Armando Baycott, who really was, uh, in, in my opinion, the MVP of the team last year. He seemed to be the only one to really – like play really really good for the full season not just the last month um so looking forward to seeing uh, what he can do you know maybe he's developed a little bit of a jump shot if not he'll still be good and dominate down low i would think um and then just a few other little key pieces you know puff johnson coming back he played well last year same with Dontrez styles um and then we got a transfer from um i think he transferred from northwestern uh pete nance i think people are thinking he'll kind of be the replacement for Brady Manick. I don't think he's as good a shooter, but he might be a little bit better uh, kind of playing down low and on defense and everything. So got those guys, got some talented freshmen coming in too. I don't know how much they'll see the court with all those experienced players, but um, definitely a lot of expectations for Carolina. Uh, I believe they are preseason number one, which, you know, I'll be the first to say preseason rankings don't matter. I'm not going to sit here and brag about being preseason number one. I think it just means we have a lot of expectations, um, so I'm expecting it to be a pretty fun year. Um, I'm not going to try and sit here and say, oh, you know, national title or bust. I'm just going to try to enjoy the season, hope we do good, um, see what happens. Um, you know, I'm definitely excited for it, definitely more excited than I was last year at this time. Um, but that's, uh, that's pretty much all I've got on a preview for them. Uh, Mitchell, do you want to go next and give us a little preview on uh, Duke? I know it's the First time in decades that they'll have a new head coach, so I'm sure you've got some things you want to say. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting season um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, number one, um, John Shire's first season, he's proven that he's a great recruiter, but is he a great coach? Um, we don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out, though, so it's going to be exciting to be along for the ride, and I'm thinking that maybe... Maybe the one thing that Shire could bring to the table that Coach K couldn't is his youth. Uh, probably being able to um, bond with the players a little bit more, seeing as he's only in his 30s as opposed to his 70s. Um, <laughs> and the game has changed a lot in that many years. But um, I think that's maybe one area where he's got an advantage. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do on the court. Um, as far as, like, guys coming back, um, this is I think this is going to be probably a classic season where – we win some good, you have some good wins, have some good losses, probably maintain like a top 15 most of the season, but don't do that good in the tournament, and I hate to say it that way, could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I just, with only Jeremy Rhodes coming back, I just don't see, I don't, I mean, experience is always a factor when you get, try to make a tournament run, I just, unfortunately, don't see this team making a big, deep tournament run just with their lack of experience, although, I will say that they do have the best recruiting class in the country coming in. So, I mean, that's something to be said. But, again, the experience making a tournament run is probably going to hurt them in the end. Um, one interesting thing that I did see uh, a couple days ago, actually, is Duke had a private scrimmage with or secret scrimmage with Houston um, at their place. And Duke did lose by, I think, about 10. But the more interesting thing was that two of Duke Two, Duke's two best players didn't play in the game. Um, so I guess that could be viewed as good news. Um, 
Dick Laird, Whitehead, and I can't think of the other guys' names. I'm on the road. I uh, can't look it up. But those are the Dukes, Dundee Dukes, probably two best players next year, uh, at least on the offensive end. They were in the game, and Duke only lost by 10. So I don't think that's a bad a bad judge of how they could potentially do this season. Obviously, it takes a long time for the team to gel when you got a bunch of new guys. So it could be one of those seasons where, you know, obviously some cupcake games at the beginning, get some wins, probably start out like 7-0. Uh, they'll probably drop a few games. Um, probably have a rough go in the middle of the ACC play. Probably finish strong and then have an early exit in the tournament. <laughs> That's what I'm projecting. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think it'll be a fun season. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. And one other thing I'd like to add is if I was a betting man, um, I would be putting my money on UNC to win the title, unfortunately, coming from a Duke fan. But I just don't see any other teams being as strong as they are and having the amount of guys coming back that they have coming back. I don't like that, Mitchell. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to jinx us over here, all right? <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, it, it, so speaking about Duke, just, uh, I just had one question. Is there anyone on this new recruiting class that's like a Paolo or a Zion or someone who can be like that powerful of a player, or is it more of like a balanced class that you know of? Well, there's two really good guys, and Whitehead's one of them. And I'm trying to think of the other guy's name, but I think these guys are both in the top five um, recruits coming in. But I don't think that either of them is really big and bulky. There's no, like, powerful. I don't think there's they're real power guys. They're more of like a um, – trying to think of someone to compare them to, but, you know, more of a taller, lanky, forward, um, finesse shooter, kind of like a Brandon Ingram type player. Mm-hmm. I don't think – they have any any guys coming in that are you know going to be two fifty, um, six ten and just be a for like a you know a roadblock or a brick wall in the lane. I don't see anyone like that on this team. Okay, I got you, uh, Cody. I know you're excited about another year of Kevin Keats. How about you tell us about uh, state basketball? Well, oh uh, man, what do I even say about it? <laughs> Um, Turquavian, Turquavian Smith came back, which was shocking. Um, he was kind of a consensus first-round pick last year out of college. Did really well in all the like pre-draft workouts and stuff. And then decided to come back and work on his frame and his refine his game a little bit. Um, could be a lottery pick coming at NC State now. Um, yeah, we've got some transfers coming in. Uh, Jarkel Joyner, he played at Ole Miss. He'll be coming in, not a great passer, but he, played, you know, he's decent. Um, and then Casey Morsel, he transferred him from from Virginia, played a little bit last year. He was okay. And then um, I guess our projected big men. I think are both transfers. We've got a guy from LaBau, maybe. Um, yeah, Jack Clark. He's a 6'8 transfer from LaSalle. And then DJ Burns was a transfer from Winthrop. And he was like a big South player of the year last year, but he's a huge foul trouble guy. So kind of reminds me of like a Richard Howell type player. So we'll see how it turns out. I think we're projected to be 10th in the ACC. I think if we don't make the NCAA tournament, uh, 
Kemp's will for sure be gone. I mean, it, you know, NC State is not UNC or Duke at this point, but to make the NCAA tournament once out of the last five years, even for NC State, that's just unacceptable. I don't know how Keith still has a job, but I can guarantee if we don't make the tournament this year, he won't continue to have a job. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. Uh, you mentioned DJ Burns. I've actually seen him play a few times just because he's in the same here. He was in the same conference as Campbell, and he's one of those guys who like you look at him and you don't really think he'd be that good because honestly, he looks like he's just kind of like slow and out of shape. But he, like he's got a good mid-range jumper and he's pretty tough down low. So he'll. Uh, I don't know how yeah. he'll translate going from the Big South to the ACC, but if he's as good in the Big South as he was, he'd be probably a pretty solid player. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. We'll see. I think they said that he had like four fouls in 12 games last year and fouled out of five or six. Wow. So, um, and then going to ACC-level competition, we'll, we'll see. We've got a pretty tough early season slate. Um, Battle for Atlantis, we play like Kansas. And uh, then I think we play like three preseason top 20 teams all back-to-back-to-back, so um, that should go really well. We don't play an ACC Big Ten Challenge game because we were last in the ACC last year. Wow, that's embarrassing. I think the biggest thing that I have against Keats is that, like, you know when you talk about letting coaches go, you wonder, like, whether they can't connect with the players or if the players are still playing for them and stuff. And last year we were like, bottom five in the entire country in defensive rating and like defensive metrics and to me that's just like a clear show of lack of effort I mean you have to try to finish pretty much last in the entire country of division one basketball in defense so to me at that point it seems like he's lost the locker room and they're not even trying for him at that point, you have no choice but to let him go. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. Clearly, NC State administration didn't see it the same way. So, yeah, that is pretty bad. I didn't know that about the uh, about the defense, but yeah, I guess that's uh, that's our college basketball preview there. Um, and now, as we start, I got one more thing. Oh yeah, go ahead, Mitchell. So while while you guys were talking, I was able to get home and look a few things up. I was thinking about your question a little more. So uh, the two guys I was talking about for Duke, Dick Queer Whitehead, he's actually kind of a power power guy. He's not going to be the biggest guy on his, but he's uh, 6'7", 220. I thought he was a little bit more tall and lanky. I didn't realize he was only 6'7", was looking at some pictures of him. So he's kind of a power guy, probably going to fill that um, – that power player type role. I mean, he's not going to be as big of an impact as Zion, although he was, he is the number two guy in the whole class, recruiting class. So he could be really good, but he's not the same kind of player that Zion was. But anyway, I did also, the other guy's name is Derek Lively. And I didn't realize that this guy was so tall. He's actually seven foot one. Um, and he, he's 220. So that's kind of a skinnier seven foot one. We're not talking Chet Holmgren skinny, but we're talking like an average to maybe a thinner seven foot one at best. So he's probably going to be a rim protector. Um, Whitehead's probably going to be more power guy. Um, I was a little bit wrong there. Just wanted to clarify that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely good to know and uh, good to look into as the season starts. 
Um, so yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up our basketball preview. I, I did want to say one off-topic thing before we go. Um, that, that's kind of relating to the NFL. There's been a lot of talk about uh, Tom Brady, about him slipping a little bit, not looking as good on the field as he usually does, and uh, also a lot about his personal life. You know, it sounds like he and uh, his wife Giselle are going through a divorce. So I've, I've seen a lot of uh, people who are Tom Brady haters. I'm one of those say that, oh man, I feel so bad for Tom Brady and everything. And I, I'll say this, I don't feel like, super bad for him. I do feel a little bad for him that he's going through all this. But I actually wanted to be nice to Tom Brady for a minute here because I'm sure he is listening to this show, as everyone does. Um, and I wanted to offer some advice to him. Um, Tom, if you're listening right now, I have a plan for how you get Giselle back. And that plan is he has to tur first turn this season around, which is going to be really hard to do because, you know, he's not playing good. He's kind of old now. But he has to turn the season around and lead the Bucks back to the Super Bowl. And then before the Super Bowl starts, he has to quit football and then go back to Giselle and be like, look, I got this team back to the Super Bowl and I quit. I'm not even going to play in the Super Bowl because I want you back. So that is my uh, free advice to Tom Brady for how to save his marriage and how to get back with uh, Giselle. So we'll see if he takes the advice. I think it's perfect advice on my part. Um, so yes, I'm actually being nice to him for once. I uh, don't know if you guys agree or disagree with my advice, but I, I think it's uh, the only way he can get Giselle back at this point. Jeez, I think that's definitely some good advice. Uh, he should definitely listen, although I think that either that happened are very low just because of how bad he's been in the last few games. It was funny to see the Panthers beat him, being the worst team in the NFL at one point. Maybe they're not, maybe they're not now, but... Um, <laughs> I am actually kind of enjoying seeing him lose a few games and get frustrated because yeah. I think that's an important aspect of life, and he does not have that. He did. He never loses, so he doesn't really know what it's like to have to be on a team that's bad. And you know, it's kind of funny to see him be bad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would agree. Um, anyways, I think that'll kind of wrap everything up. We appreciate everyone listening. It is getting into the time of year where you know we got football going on and basketball is about to start up. So we definitely. Uh, Probably have a lot to talk about before the end of this year. Uh, but as I said, appreciate everyone listening. Hope everyone has a great week.